to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello. So this is the other half of the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, doing a special quarantine edition, a little uh, mini-sode, if you will. I'm Tony. And I'm Carly. I have horror thriller. And I have drama and romance. <laughs> so uh, obviously John and Elaine aren't with us this time. Um, and hopefully we'll get back to doing our normal episodes as soon as we can. But until then, we're going to do little mini-sodes when we can do them. So my mini-episode pick is 1989's Pet Cemetery. Um, it's it's It was tough picking a movie because I... I wanted to pick a movie that I, that I like, but one that I didn't want to, you know, uh, since we're doing little mini episodes, one I didn't want, I, I could do without going too crazy in depth with. Uh, got a 50% score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 38% on Metacritic. Um, it was written by Stephen King, the novel was, and he actually did a screenplay for this. So that's really? a, yeah, it's a rare thing. I didn't know that. It stars uh, Dale Midkiff who's been in a lot of TV stuff, but very little movie-wise. Um, Denise Crosby, who was uh, Tasha Yar on Star Trek The Next Generation. Yep. And uh, Fred Gwynn from uh, Car 54, Where Are You? and uh, The Munsters. And The Munsters. Yeah, those are <laughs> the biggest things he's done. But, I mean, he's been in other things. All right, so... What do you think going in Carly? Oh, well, he skipped the money, but I have it up here. The budget was $11.5 million, and it made $57.5 million, so it did well. And it spawned a sequel, and they just did a reboot of it. Mm-hmm. And he skipped reviews, too, but I don't have those up. No, I don't, uh, <laughs> don't have time. Thoughts going in, I thought, I'm familiar with the story because I live with Tony, oh. and I know I've seen parts of it, so I might as well just watch the rest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, <clears throat> so the, the movie starts at a pet cemetery. We see a bunch of hastily constructed pet tombstones with little dog or cat collars and such, and it, they're set up in a weird pattern. Uh, then we meet the family, the Creeds. Lewis Creed, uh, Rachel, Little Gage, Little uh, Toddler Boy, what do you think, he's like three? I think he's less than three. Um, Ellie, she's probably, what, eight? Eight or nine. Eight or nine. And their cat, Church, um, they all, uh, he's a, uh, Lewis is a doctor, and they just moved to this smaller town. Um, they're getting settled in, and their house is near a road that has giant Mack trucks that fly by at about 90 miles an hour. Uh, hence the pet cemetery. <laughs> yes. Um, Ellie, basically Ellie's playing. They're out front kind of getting used to the house and Ellie's out front playing on a rope swing. She slips and uh, slips out of it and falls and hurts herself. And uh, Lewis and uh, Rachel run over to help her and Gage starts to wander into the road. Um, Gage is about to make it so they have to start a baby cemetery when uh, their neighbor Judd, well, they don't know him yet, but he sees the baby, runs into the street, and saves him. Obviously, after that, Lewis and him become friends. Um, they see this weird... <laughs> nice. Sorry, at our house you get cat and dog noises. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, behind their houses, there's this path 
that uh, leads out into the forest, and they're all kind of curious about it. They ask Judge Judd about it, and he says, well, he'll uh, show them tomorrow. Uh, he says, that's a story and a trip for another day. Yeah. So then the next day, Judd, uh, sure to his word, Judd leads them down there. Um, it's a little off-putting, uh, but it's kind of interesting. Uh, there's just so many graves all over. But they are still acting like this is a happy trip, or a happy hike into the woods behind yeah. the house. Um, Ellie's all upset about it because she thinks it's a terrible, you know, a terrible place. Obviously, she loves animals. But Judd tries to calm her down and says that uh, graveyards are a place of rest and they're not dangerous. Um, he said this is a, he says this is a place where the dead speak, and he means that you can read the. The little the grave, grave markers. markers and see what people thought. And he buried his dog spot there back in the 30s. I think he said like 1924. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that night, Ellie wants to uh, talks to her dad. And obviously this has all been brought up to her now. So she asks her dad if Church will die. And Lewis explains that, look, you know, all pets die eventually. Um, Church was his cat in college. So he's not a new kitten. Kitten. And uh, Ellie gets all upset. She isn't adjusting well to this new place, and she's not adjusting well to this fact that she just found out her cat's going to die someday. But, she wants to go back to Chicago. Yeah, but uh, Lewis goes ahead and promises her that church will be fine. That's what we call foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. Then uh, we meet Missy. She's a uh, housekeeper for the Creeds and for Judd. She has a uh, some form of stomach trouble troubles. And... Uh, Lewis is a doctor. He says, you know, hey, you know, I can check that out for you. And she says, no, she's fine. Then uh, Lewis starts his first day at work. He uh, goes into work at a, a hospital and a bunch of kids rush in immediately uh, carrying another kid that was hit by a truck. His name's Victor Pascal. He's got half, like half of his brains hanging out. He's, he's really a mess. Blood covered, blood, everything. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Lewis tries to do what he can for him, but, you know, the kid's pretty much DOA. He talks to the kid's body, cl closes his eyes, and says, you know, he's very sorry. He tried to do whatever he could, and he's just about to walk out, and uh, Victor sits up and grabs him and uh, warns Lewis. Well, he calls him Lewis by his name, and then he warns him to be careful, and then uh, coughs blood onto his face. So that's and I was nice. like, whoo, you could tell this was the 80s before yeah. people were super like, don't get your bodily fluids near me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, at that, later that night, uh, Lewis goes home, goes to sleep, and uh, he's visited by Pascal, and uh, he wants to show Lewis something. And he, of course, leads him to the pet cemetery, and Lewis is like, yeah, I know, all of, I know about this place and all that. And he explains, no, you don't know about this other place beyond this, and... He says, you need to stay out of there because the ground has, there has gone sour. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But he, he wakes up and he's revealed to see that it was all a dream. And he's happy. And then he pulls his... He goes to get up and his yeah, feet are dirty. His feet are all muddy, which is really bad. So it's, a th it's either Thanksgiving the next day or very shortly coming up. So Rachel, Gage, and Ellie all go to Rachel's parents' house for Thanksgiving but Lewis and her father, they do not get along. Um, so he stays at home alone, and they all go on the trip. After they leave, uh, Judd calls him. Apparently, uh, he found Church dead, dead in his front yard, hit by a truck. 
Uh, Lewis goes over to verify it, and yep, they're uh, they're both kind of upset because not because they have any crazy attachment to the cat, but they both know how upset Ellie's going to be when she gets home. So Judd hesitantly says, "Well, you know, there is another way." And uh, Lewis Lewis is like, well, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, well, "Well, come with me," and he takes him back to the pet cemetery. Then Lewis thinks they're just going to bury Church in the pet cemetery, and so he's looking at all the the spiral patterns and stuff. And he's like, so where are we supposed to bury it? How does this all work? And he's like, no, no, we're not, we're not burying them in this pet cemetery. There's another cemetery on the other side of this wall of brush. And, uh, that's where we're going to go. And he at no point goes, but that's where the, you're going in the direction that my dream phantom Pascal pointed in and said, don't go over there. Yeah. He just follows him. Well, he protests a little bit, but he's curious and, he goes. So they cut across a large rock face that has all these markings carved into it. Um, they walk for a long, 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 long yeah, time. It's pretty, it's pretty long. Uh, Judd leads Lewis to a huge Native American burial ground, a Micmac tribe, I think he said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a large group of concentric circles made of rocks and symbols. Judd says uh, that Lew- Lewis has to bury the cat. Um, each person that comes here buries has to bury their own, and the ground is hard, really hard soil and rock. But after nightfall, uh, after all day of digging, and, and at nightfall, Lewis is done, and he drops Church in and uh, covers him up, and they head home. It seemed like they walked and dug for so long. It really is like tomorrow when they get yeah. home. That's what we call amazing. <laughs> or that's what John would call amazing. But uh, so back at the house, uh, Louis Lewis just misses a phone call because it's the eighties. Mm-hmm. Judd says uh, not to tell his family what they did tonight. And, and he's like, "But what did we do?" Yeah, he says, "Well, it's a secret." It's kind of that's one of the kind of annoying parts is that the movie has to just keep the suspense going with Judd when in real life you wouldn't put up with that. You mm-hmm. know, it wouldn't be like, "Hey, I got something to show you tomorrow." Hey. I'm going to tell you about this <laughs> next week. You know, it's like, okay, dude, up, out with it, buddy. So Lewis calls the house, and Ellie immediately asks about church. Lewis says, I don't know, he's, I think he's fine. I haven't seen him. <laughs> he lies to her. He's a liar, yeah. and Ellie has some weird, uh, she has the shining, as Tony yeah. has explained it to me. All kids in, in Stephen King books t- tend to be some form of psychic, and Ellie is on point. Um, so the next day, uh, Lewis is doing yard work when Church leaps out, yowling, and scares the shit out of him, and uh, he falls on back onto himself, and the cat runs away. So Lewis grabs some cat food and <clears throat> lures Church out, over using it. Um, then when Church gets close, he snatches him up and kind of looks the cat over, and Church is okay. He's got some blood and in his fur and And he stinks he stinks and there's some plastic in his mouth so he dug himself out of the bag which is gross um and but then while he's holding him church swipes at lewis's face and slashes him across the cheek and then runs away that night uh judd explains that when he was little uh his he was he had this dog i think his name was Spot. spot yeah he had a dog spot who was his whole world and everything and spot died and he was destroyed and he had a friend named the Ragman who was a Native American, and he told Judd about it. He's like, look, you know, this is what you do. You can take the dog over there. And he did it. And it was the same thing, but 
Judd, Spot Judd was not the same dog yeah, when he came back. When he back. came back. Well, because he said his dog, which is terrible, but he said his dog got caught in barbed wire and died mm-hmm. from infection. So then they buried him there, and he came back, and he was still all fucked up and a mess. And uh, it was gross. And then he said, but when his dog came back, he was not his dog. And he, they show a little flashback of him, and his dog looks like it's about to attack his mom. But then he says his dog died that night, and then they buried him in the regular pet cemetery. But and he stayed dead. Yeah, so I don't know. I think maybe he killed him. I thought that's the impression I got. Yeah, like an old, they old yeller situation. To kill him. Yeah. So Lewis immediately asks, "Well, has anyone buried a person up there?" And Judd jumps. He says, "Christ on his throne, no!" And knocks all the beers off the table. He's whoever would do that. So then. Uh, and I think he was. I don't know. The impression I got at that point was he was wondering, he keeps getting visited by this Pascal guy. Like, did somebody, although the first instance was before he was ever buried, but I felt like he was trying to connect his uh, dream ghost dude to this cemetery. Mm, Okay. But I don't know. Yeah. Why would you ask? Has any, you know? (laughs) Well, I mean, he's a doctor, so it's the same, it's the same reason, like, at first, every time I... Every time he's hanging out with Pascal, and Pascal's just dripping blood and pus all over him, mm-hmm. I'm always like, how can you just sit there? But he's a doctor, so, you know, it, it wouldn't be the same as if some dude was bleeding all next to us, you know, this is, what mm-hmm. he, this is his word, so. So anyway, later, Louis, uh, I keep wanting to call him Louis, <laughs> like in <laughs> Vampire style. but uh, later, Louis takes a bath, but uh, while he's relaxing, uh, Church throws a dead rat into the bath <laughs> and then hisses at him. So the next day, uh, Lewis picks his, picks the family up from the airport. Ellie runs over and immediately asks if he and Judd buried Church in the pet cemetery. Wow. And he's like, what? No. <laughs> no what are you talking about? He was asleep on the porch. No. So Ellie's happy when she gets home. She, gets, she sees Church is okay, relatively, but says that he smells really bad. Mm-hmm. And he's, he, she asks if uh, maybe they can take him to get pet shampoos. Shampooed. And uh, mom, Rachel says, no, that's kind of expensive, honey. And she's like, I don't care. I'll save up my whole allowance just so he doesn't stink anymore. And then the dad, you know. Lewis is like, I'll pay, I'll pay for it. For it. <laughs> I don't feeling, like the smell either. He's feeling guilty. Well, you know what he should pay for? A fence. Well, <laughs> yeah, the whole, uh, the whole truck's flying by every 10 minutes is pretty scary. Just get a fence. <laughs> it would, would destroy this whole movie as a fence. That's kind of rough. <laughs> So then we cut to this is a this is a weird cut that doesn't really go anywhere. But um, we cut to the housekeeper Missy. She walks in the room, writes a suicide note saying she has stomach cancer, and then hangs herself immediately. And I was like, why was this lady even in the movie? Did yeah. we need her at all? Like in the book, it's Judd's wife. Oh. And, and you know, there's more to it than that. But in this, it's just she's just a housekeeper. And I don't really know that she was needed in this movie at all. She, I don't she doesn't think she do was. anything. I mean, I guess so we can go to her funeral and Stephen King can be in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. But I don't. I don't know if we really needed the funeral because the funeral doesn't go anywhere. Uh, maybe to teach Ellie about death. Maybe. I mean, I mean she's been driven. But it's with not it. like she super learns about it anyway. Yeah. She will. <laughs> so, like, she, like Carly said, we cut to the funeral, and like Mr. Mr. Stephen King is the priest and does the ceremonies. Then we leave, and back at the house, Ellie asks about heaven, 
Lewis tries to explain all the angles, you know, nobody really knows, or maybe heaven's real, maybe there's nothing. And she's like, well, what do you think? And he's like, I think that we go on and there's more to it. Um, Rachel overhears this and she is not happy. She is not religious and is very much against pretty much any kind of religious stuff because she believes that when you die, you die. And part of it is because we find out really quickly after is she had a sister and the sister stuff suffered from spinal meningitis. Which I don't think that's what her sister suffered from. <laughs> yeah. Her sister suffered from monster disease. Yeah. <laughs> spinal meningitis is just a disease of the bone, I think, that messes up your spine a little bit, you know, and, and I'm sure it can be bad and painful and stuff, maybe especially back in the 80s, but this is like... Now, we're assuming she's an adult in the 80s, so this took place when she was 8 yeah, years that's old. Yeah, that's so true. So this took place in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. So, but this, this disease to her apparently twists and deforms her into some kind of monster person, but whatever, it's, you know, a movie. And uh, Rachel um, is having trouble being around her and, and such, and uh, one day apparently her parents, for some reason, left her... And her sister alone, she had to watch her sister, and she was like, what, seven? She said she was eight, eight, I think. Yeah. And her sister choked to death, and she was scared to help her. And then... She was afraid that they would think it was her fault, because and that she wanted her to die. And yeah. she was like, but I did want her yeah. to die. Like, she scared me, and I did want her to die. Yeah. So then we... <clears throat> so she's highly traumatized by that. And then we cut to a truck driver hauling ass down the road like they all do. And the Creed family and Judd are having a picnic. And uh, Gage and Lewis are flying a kite kind of away from the picnic. Uh, Gage is flying it by himself. And uh, the, uh, I don't know what you call it, but the string, the spool. Like spool. Yeah. Yanks out of his hand. And so he starts to chase it. Um, of course, <laughs> Lewis looks away and mm -hmm. and is looking back at the rest of his family engaged. Who just... are looking at him, presumably, yeah. but don't notice. Yeah. And <laughs> Gage makes a break for it, going after this He's kite. Chasing that spool. And uh, the kite gets away from him. Gage runs into the street and is destroyed by the semi. It's pretty, pretty terrible. They don't show anything. They just show a little baby shoe roll on the street with blood mm -hmm. on it. But, I, I mean, think Lewis would have caught him if he didn't trip at the last second. Yeah, because it sucks because he's running. Everybody's like, get him, get him. And he's running and running. And he's booking. Uh -huh. And at the last second, he slips and eats shit in the dirt right when his son gets hit. And it's like, yeah. fuck. But The fence would not yep. have helped church, but it would have prevented this. Yeah. <laughs> Even a tiny fence. Yeah. <laughs> so later that night, the family is obviously in shock. Um, Ellie's kind of in denial. And she's also saying that she's not too upset about it because she knows Gage will be back. And then she has a little bit to talk about, you know, maybe God will bring him back or something like that. If God wants to. He can bring him back. He can send him back. And uh, then... Like we, he's Lazarus. Then we cut to the we cut to the funeral. Rachel's father accuses Lewis of being a terrible father, which, I don't know, he did, he did let his son run away from like, him twice. I feel like... Uh, a couple of things. Number one, her dad is awful. <laughs> like, yeah. we're at a funeral, and he comes up, and he's like, I told her this would happen. I told her when she married you, her life would be full of grief. What kind of child killer murderer are you? But the fact is, they were all out there, 
And every parent looks away sometimes. You can't have your eyes on your kid 24-7. It was an accident. It was a terrible accident, yeah. and it could have been prevented with a fence. But it was an accident. And in the beginning, when he ran out to the car, the girl was in the rope swing and fell, and both the parents ran over there yeah. to her. They shouldn't have both run yeah. over there to her, perhaps. Or one of them should have grabbed the baby and gone over there. Like things everything is preventable well, when you look at it in hindsight well that's kind of why i'm i'm a little upset with lewis because he keep this is the second time he's done it mm -hmm. gage would have died the first time if if, if judd, judd didn't run across the street and grab him because he did the same thing he's hanging out with his son that runs mm -hmm. and looks away for like 10 minutes and then looks back and his son's like you know five feet down the road and he's like oh that's right i'm like yeah dude pay attention to your fucking yeah. kid he's a toddler they run yeah <laughs> but either way but both parents were outside both times, Yeah, is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I don't put the blame all on him. Yes, he was the one flying the kite with the baby. But, again, he turned around and was talking to them. They were looking at him. They should have said, he's moving. <laughs> yeah. The only, the, again, the problem with it is, is, like, the first time Judd saved him. Like, it's one thing if, man, you know... Gage could have run in the street. That's scary. It's another thing that Gage did run in the street. Judd pulled him out of death's door. Yep. Well, then we need to do something about that. You know, not, well, we'll see what happens. You we know? need to put up a fence. Yeah. <laughs> so either way, we're at the funeral, and uh, Rachel's father accuses Lewis of being a terrible father, terrible dad, and attacks him in the funeral, punching him in the face and kicking him a few times in the stomach. We're like in a church. Yeah. And they get into a tussle and leading to knocking the coffin over. And we see little Gage's hand for a second pop out because it's dropped. Mm -hmm. That night, Ellie asks her dad um, if he thinks that God will bring Gage back. Um, and he's like, I, you know, I don't know about that, honey. And he's like, well, God can do anything. Then God can fix this. And he's like, well, yeah, I suppose that's true. And he's like, well, then I'm going to believe that God will bring Gage back. And that's not... You know, that's not dumb of me, right? That's okay to do, right? And he's like, yeah, sure, honey. You know, you he's, wanna believe that? Go he's ahead. like, you know, <laughs> what am I going to say? No, you know. <laughs> um, so then Judd stops by. Um, he's nervous and uh, he knows what Lewis is thinking about doing. Um, but then they start drinking. Judd explains that, look. Uh, I know you're thinking of taking him up and burying him, but don't do it. He said, because I lied to you earlier. Somebody did put a person up there one time. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah. After World War II, a soldier came back home. But on his way home, he died. And his father was so grief-stricken that he buried his, He took his son and buried him up there. And his son came back. But he came back wrong. He came he, back a zombie. Started, they don't say that, but he came back yeah, a zombie. They don't use the Z word. <laughs> but uh, undead American, maybe. But uh, he attacks people. Like, he actually turns around with a kid's foot in his mouth. Yes. And, uh, like Walking Dead style zombie. Yeah, he kills people apparently, and the townspeople uh, eventually chase him back to his dad's house and set the house on fire. And they're like, "Dude, get out of this house! We're burning your son to death because he's a monster." And then he's like, "No, he's not a monster. He's my son." And then they, he, the son grabs him and holds him, and they just go up in flames. Ugh. And it's like in another movie when they show hell and everything is 100% yeah. engulfed in flames. Almost the whole screen yeah. is engulfed in flames. Yeah, in this movie, gasoline is the most flammable thing on Earth. Ooh. One gas can. And it can... just keeps, keeps, uh, yeah. you know, 
So it doesn't just start a fire; it maintains it and it builds it. <laughs> so after this story, um, it's the next day, and Rachel and Ellie decide to go back and stay with her dad for a little while, and uh, they need to get away from this house. And I understand that, and it seems like. Uh, he thinks it's a good idea and he's going to come in a few days. Yeah. He just wants to be alone because he's going to go bury Gage, you know. But he, the impression that he's giving them is he can't just leave his new medical practice yeah. right now. he's like, now. I'm going to do some stuff around the house and fix yeah. some stuff at work. And, you know, he gives Like, some we can't excuses. just up and move back to Chicago. There yeah. are loose ends here that need to be tied and up. Even, and even her dad is like, look, you know, come stay with us, get away from the house, you know, and, and he even holds his hand And he apologizes. He said, yeah. I lost my mind. Yeah. And then, and then he does this weak handshake with them. And he's like, yeah, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lewis, immediately after the plane takes off, he is already on his way to the graveyard to dig up Gage. He's brought a bag with shovels. Yeah. And uh, the ghost Pascal stops him and says, look, dude, don't do this. And Lewis says that if Gage comes back wrong, it's okay. He'll just... Uh, put him back. He'll kill him. And nobody will ever have to know. And nobody but will if, ever have to if know. If he comes back right, then they get yeah, their, they son, get their back. son back. Which, how weird would that conversation be? Even if he comes back fine or just a little off, how weird is that when they come be like, hey, come back from Chicago? Turns out he's not dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I chalk it up to it's just one of those things. I can't imagine lose, having or losing a kid, but I mean. You can't be in your right mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's like, look, dude, I don't care if I go to jail. I just want my son back, you know. But <laughs> so anyway, uh, at Grandpa's, Ellie's <laughs> having very informed nightmares. And uh, Pax Cow, she calls him Pax Cow as opposed to Pascal, is telling her um, that her dad's that her about dad's to bury her brother in the pet cemetery. Going to do something very bad. She calls home, but there's no answer again because it's the 80s. And then she calls, uh, so now Rachel calls Judd, and Judd finds out. Because she, this is a cool scene, though. She says, she yells for her mom. She had this nightmare. Yeah. She yells for her mom. Uh, Pax Cow, talk, talk to me. Daddy's doing something bad with Ethan. Was that his name, right? The baby? Ethan? Gage. Gage. I don't know why I said Ethan. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she, she's like, you just had a nightmare and she's like it's more than a nightmare and then she goes out in the hallway and she's like pax cow i don't what the heck is pax cow and and then pascal's there and says his name and she's like pascal and then she's like holy shit she shouldn't know about pascal like yeah. then she's like putting it together like something is happening here and i need to stop it if i can yeah, pa Pascal's got this Jedi ghost thing going on, and he's manipulating all kinds of people and stuff with subtle uh, hints and stuff. And, so. and, and for a while in the movie, I wasn't, and this is my first time seeing it all the way through, I wasn't really sure in the beginning if he was trying to help. Like, he's just yeah. this creepy ghost freaking yeah. out. Yeah, no, he, he tries to help. <laughs> he's it's, trying it's, to it's help. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Because, cause what's his name? He said, "What's his name?" Tried to save him, so he's gonna try to save mm -hmm. Lewis. But um, so anyway, Rachel calls Judd, and uh, Judd's like, "So what's going on?" And she's like, "Well, we're out of town. How's how's um Lewis doing?" He's like, "Wait, what?" Like he didn't know any of this was going on. Mm -hmm. So he's like, "Crap!" So he sits out front on his porch, waiting to see Lewis, and he has some beers and some cigarettes, and he passes out. And I thought maybe his house was gonna catch on fire because we see him pass out and a cigarette fall out of his mouth onto the floor. Yeah. Back it does not. 
Yeah. And back at the <laughs> back at the people cemetery, Lewis has dug up Gage and he pulls out the body and he's holding him. At Grandpa's, Rachel is having hallucinations again about her sister, and immediately after that's all over with, she's shook and uh, jumps on a plane and hauls ass back home. Uh, Judd's passed out as uh, Lewis carries Gage's body to the burial ground. Pascal the ghost is helping Rachel get home by she's but he's like I said he's Jedi mind tricking airline people like hey you know and car rental people yeah let her on this plane get her in this car yeah doing whatever (laughs) he can to get her so it's really kind of like the cemetery is trying to stop her and Pascal's trying to help her because as Judd said when he was talking to him about don't bury your son up there he feels like when they took church up there and buried him now they have like released the power of the cemetery again. It had been dormant for a long time, but when he shared it with him and took him there and used it, now the power is there again and it's yeah. evil. And he thinks that because he let him bury church there, now that's the the cemetery had the power to make it so Gage died. And yeah. he's like, it's an evil, evil place and I never should have unleashed the power again yeah. kind of a thing. Um. So that's kind of like the the cemetery itself has this power and it wants to be used. Yeah. So Lewis, he does the deed and heads home and then he collapses onto his bed. And then just then, all right, Achilles, move, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Our dog noises are weird. <laughs> yeah, he keeps stepping on me. All right. So like I say, he collapse, uh, Lewis collapses on his bed and then we see a small hand uh, push its way out of the rocks. Uh, later, the door opens and we see Gage's shoes walk in with Church, like just from the knees down, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, Gage opens Lewis's doctor bag and grabs a scalpel. So then Judd wakes up and sees uh, tiny muddy footprints leading into his house. Uh, Judd goes inside to investigate and he hears Gage running around upstairs. And we just we just hear him laughing. Yeah, little kid laugh. Well, he says a few things, too, yeah, and then but... he's knocking stuff over. So uh, Judd goes upstairs, tries to hunt him down. Um, he's running back and forth all over. And I then, have something for you. Yeah. He kneels under the bed to try and look, and we get the famous you know, Achilles tendon slash that you don't forget once you see in this movie. And either that kid gained some strength when he, yeah. <laughs> he was risen from the dead, <clears throat> or that's the sharpest knife ever. Well, scalpel <laughs> Or <somewhere>. both. <laughs> And then uh, as he turns around and screams, he does the whole Joker slash on his face and cuts his both sides of his mouth. And then Judd falls on the ground and Gage jumps on him and tears his throat out. Um, he bites him because he's a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the car, the rental car, Rachel's hauling ass and all of a sudden a tire blows and crashes into the ditch. And uh, Pascal says the cemetery's trying to stop you. It's trying to stop you. And she kind of hears it, but kind of doesn't. And then she hitchhikes on a huge truck. But once, uh, once there, once she gets home, she gets out of the truck. She hears Gage in Judd's house. She hears like kids yelling or whatever. She's like, "What the hell is that?" So she goes into Judd's house too and investigates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once inside, she hears also besides Gage yelling and laughing, she hears her sister moaning, and then she starts to hallucinate about her sister again. Which she did right before she left to come home. And her sister was like, I'm coming for you and I'm going to engage with me. Yeah. 
But uh, then when she comes out of the uh, hallucination, Gage is actually standing there with the scalpel. And she's just, you know, taken aback. She doesn't know what to do. So she reaches down but for him. it's her baby. So yeah. she's like, Gage, come to mommy. Yep. And then he, we hear her get slashed. And then she screams and it goes black. So then Lewis wakes up and sees muddy footprints and hears uh, Gage laugh. Um, his phone does rings. Does he hear him laugh, does he? Because he's not even in the same house. Well, he can hear him, though. Oh, can he? Yeah. But he sees that the scalpel that was in his medical bag is it's missing. The bag's on the ground, yeah. The phone rings. It's uh, Rachel's father. And uh, he's like, so did uh, Rachel get back yet? And he's like, uh, what? And he's like, did Rachel get back yet? And he's like, uh yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> He's like, well, Ellie's been having some really bad nightmares. He's like, look, I don't have time for Ellie's nightmares right now. He's like, I need you to talk to Ellie and help her calm down, tell <laughs> well, her everything's okay. He's like, I can't talk to you right now. Yeah, can somebody up. keep the script out of this fucking kid's hands? And he just kind of slams the phone down. And then um, the phone rings again, and he picks it up. He's like, oh, my God, if I have to hear about fucking Ellie's <laughs> nightmares again. But it's Gage. And he says... Gage and he's like hey uh, daddy he goes I just finished you know I finished playing with Judd and then I finished playing with mommy but now I want to play with you and then, and then he's like shit he says come come <laughs> to Judd's house and he's like what the fuck <laughs> so before he goes over there Lewis tests out this this uh, drug that he has I guess I guess it's a euthanasia drug or, I don't know but uh he ch- he tries it out on church and it kills church so he knows that that these zombie things or whatever they're they are can actually be killed and uh so and he know, has like i don't know how many syringes yeah, in his pocket i think he has at least three at least three yeah so it's, he figures that since it worked on get on church it'll work on gauge so he's gonna go get gauge and shoot him up with this drug so lewis goes to judd's um he also starts hallucinating and the house is all filled with fog and moss and it looks all you know thriller and uh it's creepy yeah and then he hears gauge um upstairs so he starts hunting for him with the syringe in judd's room he sees uh, rachel's purse on the ground uh and judd's buck knife and then there's blood stains and he's like what the fuck and then there's this bump under the comforter so he pulls the comforter up and it's judd he's all cut up and torn up in the face and bitten and chewed up so he walks into the hallway and he did not go with officers appear on vacation he is dead yeah this guy <laughs> is not gonna make it so then he walks into the hallway and as soon as he gets into the hallway the attic opens and rachel's body falls straight down and is hung by a rope in which case he goes crazy starts screaming and then gage uh jumps down from the hole yeah at him charges him with the scalpel yeah charges him and cuts him a bunch of different times but while that's going on and lewis takes the slashes but then sticks him in the throat with the uh syringe and then gage he's like no fair no fair yeah gage reacts to that and kind of backs away and then he sets this house on fire yeah the gage gage kind of stumbles back and falls against the the thing and and then looks at him and just kind of goes to sleep it looks Mm -hmm. like but yeah then lewis goes crazy and screams and starts going nuts and then he grabs some more gasoline and sets the whole house on fire but uh not before he gets rachel's body out and then he takes rachel's body up to the cemetery and uh pascal's like look dude (laughs) really really third time's not not the charge (laughs) third time's not the charm and he goes 
no, no, it'll be different this time. He goes, see, with Gage, he thinks he has it figured out because he's insane. He says, with Gage, he was dead for a long time, and then I buried him. Rachel just died like a minute ago, so if I put her up there and she's still fresh, everything will be fine. By a minute ago, we mean like eight hours? Yeah. It's, it's been hours. Yeah. <laughs> Pascal's like, It happened what? last night. <laughs> yeah. Pascal's like, whatever, dude. I, I tried. So then we see him... Uh, he walks to the cemetery. We don't see the whole deal. We just see him carrying her wrapped up in a sheet. Then we see him coming back, and he plops down on the kitchen floor and plays solitaire for a little bit, waiting on Rachel. And he has a clock set like he knows what time she'll show up. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, because Gage came right back. But with her, he has a clock set for midnight. And then the clock the and thing no goes point- off. Have we learned in the lore that at midnight yeah. is when they come out? Yeah. She comes in the door at midnight. So she got out, yeah. I don't know, an hour ago. How long is this walk? <laughs> yeah. Because he didn't even know Church came back until the next day. Yeah. And he didn't know Gage came back at all. So he doesn't know He doesn't know any kind of time frame. But either way, the clock in the house goes off. This alarm clock goes off. And as soon as it does, uh, Rachel uh, slinks in the door. And we don't see her, really. We just see her legs, and, you know, she has a little bit of blood and dirt on them. And, and her uh, hand. We see her hand when she walks yeah. in, and her hand is filthy. Yeah. So uh, she she walks over to him, and uh, then we get a full shot of her, and, like, her whole half of her face is cut off, and pus and blood are pouring down the side of it. But uh, Louis, Louis doesn't care. He kisses her. and Like, uh, she's missing an eye and just gore is yeah, coming it's, out it's pretty and rough. he kisses her like she's clean and normal yeah he's he's nuts it's disgusting so they kiss and kiss and kiss and then while they're kissing her hand slides over to the table and there's a giant kitchen knife and she grabs a kitchen knife and yanks it towards him and it goes black and then you hear uh lewis scream so because she killed him and yeah. now what she's just a loose zombie until yeah. somebody kills her <laughs> Unless she takes him to the pet cemetery. Oh, God. Yeah. I hope not. <laughs> and then I recently watched the remake of it, and it wasn't very great. It wasn't very good. It was the same thing, but they changed the ending, so I'm going to spoil that. If uh, So if you want to watch it, skip this part. But basically, <laughs> at the end of the remake, the daughter gets killed. The daughter gets hit by the truck. Instead of Gage. Yeah. And she comes back. And she is older, so she understands a little bit more than Gage does. So she has questions. She's like, so what is going on and what happened to me? And am I going to be okay? And all this shit. And the dad doesn't have shit to tell her. So she gets pissed and she starts to go after them. And uh, basically it ends up being that she kills the mom. And while the mom's dying, she goes, look, dude, uh, Lewis, don't fucking bury me in the pet cemetery. And then... uh, the little girl does and she knocks out the dad and then she buries the mom in the pet cemetery and then starts to try to kill the dad to bury him too but he fights her off because she's a little girl you know and mm-hmm. he's beating her up to get her off of him and the mom kills him because she comes out of the pet cemetery and then you the next thing you see is they're basically all you know they're he's dead and it's the mom and the little girl and the next thing you see is they left gage in the car and gage is still alive and the, the three zombies just walk back to the car and start banging on the window. And Gage is like, what? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty sweet. But the movie wasn't that great. But the ending was cool that they did that little trick on you. But, uh, but yeah, that's it for Pet Cemetery. So we get credits. And then they play that Ramon song. You know, I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. And uh, so what did you think? Carly. 
I get to go first? Yes, you get to go only. <laughs> All right. Well, my very favorite character was Pascal. Your favorite character was Pascal? Yeah. Okay. Um, like I also Edwin's? liked Judd, but uh, Pascal really was trying to help them the whole time. He was creepy and it was weird, but he was really trying to help them. Yeah. And uh, just like a fence would have solved all the problems of the movie, um, if Judd hadn't taken him to that burial ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anywho. So I couldn't make him my favorite, even though I do like him a lot. My least favorite character, I'm going to go with Lewis. Yeah. Um, I honestly wasn't crazy about either parent, mom or dad. But dad, dad issues. Lewis, I mean, he's the one that kept burying people in the pen <laughs> at the burial ground. Right. Um, my favorite line was Christ on his throne. No, <laughs> <laughs> it does stand out. And my favorite scene was when Ellie has the bad dream in Chicago and she tells her mom about Pascal and then her mom kind of realizing it. And then Pascal's like with her trying to help her that whole section where she's trying to get back home. Yeah. And my favorite tertiary object was Church's creepy-ass carrier. <laughs> yeah. The, the... That looked like a weird fishbowl. It was clear yeah. plastic. And I guess there were some vents on the side. But I was like, that seems like yeah. he would cook alive in I know, there. It looks like the thing Spock died at the end it of Wrath of Khan. Creepy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I will maybe this movie. All right. I feel like some stuff didn't super make sense and some stuff was easily avoidable and some stuff was just crazy like the effects were weird and i don't understand that housekeeper's role in the movie at all yeah you know there were enough issues that i don't want to yay it well you read the but book it wasn't bad no i won't <laughs> <laughs> the book's amazing i like happy endings i read romance <laughs> but uh this is the only book that stephen king wishes that he didn't do Really? Yeah, he said this book is... Because all of his books have a bit of, like, a glimmer of hope or, like, something good. And this book, no, there's nothing good that happens. It's terrible through it's all... It's weird because apparently at the time he liked it so much he wrote the screenplay. <laughs> well, yeah, well, if he didn't, somebody else would. You know, that was kind of a thing. But So my favorite character was Judd. Fred wins awesome. Mm. Uh, Molly's favorite character was Lewis because, you know, he was terrible. Uh, my favorite scene is when Jed tells Jed tells Lewis, "Look, I'm sorry, I lied to you. There was this guy that we that got buried up there, and he tells him the whole story. We get a bit of a flashback. Mm -hmm. Kind of wish he could have got more of it, but you know, we didn't have much time." Um, my favorite line is, of course, the "Sometimes dead is better." You know, the, <laughs> let's say they say it, and I forget that they say it three times in the movie. It's so weird. Like it's in the trailer. It's the line of the movie. So that's the movie, the thing everybody you know puts with this movie. Mm -hmm. He says it three times in one little paragraph that he's talking, and it's really off-putting. I was like, guys, <laughs> say it once. And uh, my favorite tertiary object is when <laughs> I don't know why, but when Gage comes back from the dead he has a top hat oh, so he has this little when, top hat is it when the mom comes in yeah yeah or when the mom when comes the dad in. comes oh yes the mom it's, it's the, mom. the mom he's in this weird like yeah. clown velvet suit and he has, and a, he has a, cane. a top hat and a cane what is yeah, that <laughs> i don't know what that is but the hat that top hat killed me because i was like did judd have a top hat for a child in this thing <laughs> in his house but either way 
And I, of course, will yay this movie. If you get a chance, the book is is way better. It's amazing. But the movie's okay. It's it's a fun old, you know, older movie. So, you know, some of it doesn't hold up as well. But it's from, you know, the 80s. But, <laughs> but that's that. All right. Well, please find us on the on Facebook.com slash The Underappreciated Movie Podcast. It's been a while since I did this. Yeah. <laughs> on Movie Podcast Dogs on Instagram and on Movie Podcast on Twitter. You can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Give us some suggestions for these mini-sodes, because we don't know how long they're going to go on for. Um, and I can't tell you what's going to happen next week, because we don't know that either. Yeah. <laughs> it's all up in the air. And John wanted me to mention the, the Strata Chocolata, so I did. Okay. <laughs> I was those... fine without that. <laughs> so, And for all of you playing uh, bingo, I don't know if we gave you much... Eh, probably not. To work with today. Um, hello, Ben, Nikki, uh, Audra, Aaron. Who else? DJ. <laughs> Everybody who's yeah. listening. We say hello. All of our <laughs> It's nice to talk to you from the void. Yeah. All right. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully this works. <laughs> yeah. We've never recorded an episode before. <laughs> yeah, we don't even know if this is going to go up. It may just be... Don't make it too loud. Yeah, we're we're recording. You may never hear this. Yeah. If you're hearing it, then that was pointless. But <laughs> oh man, have you seen any other Stephen King's movies? I doubt it. Um, I mean, The Shining. I saw The yeah, Shining. Yeah, yeah. You didn't see Christine or no. Carrie or Firestarter. No. no. <laughs> okay. And I refuse to watch Misery because that title Misery's great does not make me want to watch a you movie. You should watch Misery. <laughs> a movie called Misery. <laughs> It's a really good movie, though. Tony tried to get me to watch it with him once, and I refused. I think Kathy Bates won an Academy Award for that movie. And, mean and, I will enjoy and it. the guy from Elf's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Not the guy from The Godfather. The guy from The Elf. <laughs> James Conner. Oh. All right, guys. Talk Bye-bye. to you later.